0: I'm always trying to solve some problem and like give to some community. And one of the things I wish I took into serious consideration or really planned through was how do you build a sustainable business or sustainable lifestyle around the things that you care about?
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Create Your Life series, where we help you maximize your potential and results in the area of personal development, entrepreneurship, and travel. And I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown.
0: Create Your Life! create your life create your life crea la tua vita create your life your you
1: better create your
0: life create your life
1: create your life your li you create your life, <laughs> create your life. create your life family thanks for tuning in to this episode before we get started i wanted to share some exciting information from our sponsor we only pick people and companies that we think are awesome to bring onto the show so please support them as a podcaster i've spent hours and hours editing doing show graphics and much more and i finally got fed up with losing all of my free time to post production activities so i decided to do something about it and if you are a fellow busy podcaster who would like to just record and have someone else do the dirty work of graphic creation tagging and uploading your show to your server and in-depth seo generating show notes go to podcastlaundry.com or call 347-871-8273 to schedule your consultation that's podcastlaundry.com or 347-871-8273. So Bridget, thank you so much for lending that level of perspective to our listeners. Now I want to shift and really focus on you as a person. I think that you're such a dynamic woman. That being said, my first question out the gate when it comes to you is, other than consistency, what have been the keys to your personal growth?
0: My keys to personal growth has definitely been reading. As yourself, I'm an avid reader. I try to get through about a book a month. When I was younger, I used to like breeze through more books than a year. But now mm-hmm. let's just say 12 year. And for me, reading allows me to gain greater perspective about who I am as a person in this world. I cannot overstate being an immigrant, being a woman, being Black, how much reading literature from other Black women, from other people in business has helped me to focus in on what I can actually contribute. Because I know, okay, some of the challenges that I have are not unique to me. I also understand that some of the opportunities I have that I personally may be concerned about are not unique to me. Mm -hmm. So I think reading allows me to normalize a lot of my experiences where I don't see examples in my own life.
1: I love that. Yeah. Reading is definitely, like you said, it lends that perspective. So you read, but even moving beyond that, like how do you manage to stay motivated? Because there's so much going on in the world, right? And then you have this dual reality or life, right? With being Ghanaian and then being American and then being woman. And I mean, you got so many layers (laughs) upon layers, right? And you're still able to achieve at such a high level. But when things it tough? You know, how do you stay motivated?
0: Yeah. So, you know, this morning I was listening to Les Brown. So he's a motivational speaker. And one of the things mm-hmm. I heard Les Brown say in reference to, I think, Ziggler. Zig Ziglar. Zig Ziglar, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's another motivational speaker is that motivation doesn't last, right? That's mm-hmm. why, like a shower, you have to take it every single day. Every day. And that's really what it is, right? I don't wake up every day inspired. I don't mm-hmm. wake up every day feeling my best. I have to tap into my network. I have to tap into my resources and the people that I see doing it sometimes it means you know taking a break as well right gaining Mm -hmm. just renewing my spirit as a human being aside from the work yeah exactly aside from the work that I do Mm what am I as a spiritual being that to me is really fundamental in terms of allowing me to stay on top of some of the things that I want to do and some of the things that I'm doing now
1: yeah so fun fact I actually used to work for less, and he's the reason why I became a motivational speaker Get out <laughs> no, absolutely
0: Wait, what? <laughs> what are the odds? That's yeah. amazing no, Unless is just... like a huge inspiration
1: So, you know what? You said something, you know That you have to tap into your peer group And into your people So, right. who has been your biggest champion You would say on your road To becoming who you are today?
0: <laughs> if I am to be honest about it <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Talk about oh. it, talk about it <laughs>
0: So definitely when I moved, right, I would say this is hard to talk about, but a friend, a good friend has been, I would say, one of my biggest key inspirations in this space. Why? Because when I moved, I didn't have the initial support of my family and friends. A lot of people didn't understand why I was giving up the American dream, so to speak, mm-hmm. to go and live in Ghana. Obviously, my sibling somewhat understood, but someone who can say, okay, deeply say I understand what you're trying to do mm-hmm. and the sacrifices that you have to make in the progress, it took someone outside of my initial comfort zone, a friend I met. The reason why I'm saying it's hard to talk about now is because we're no longer friends, right? But I mm-hmm. still want to honor the contribution he made to my life during that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: That's amazing. I mean, it's always so interesting that a lot of times the people who support you most are not the people who you grew up with or who are not related to you, right? And so right. friends are the family that you get to choose, right? Exactly. And a lot of times, I was listening to this gentleman, uh, Miles Monroe, this morning, and right. you know, he was talking about that. Friends are something. Sometimes the people who are really in your corner and who will really push you and help you to get to that next level. Whereas sometimes people don't see the vision and you have to actually keep chipping away until people actually get it and and catch on to it. Right. So it's always an interesting journey, in my opinion. Right. And then, you know, you have your day ones and stuff like that. And it's always good to (laughs) honor them, you know, like you are choosing to do because whoever that person is, you know, they stood tall for you in those times where you weren't sure perhaps if you could stand. And I'm saying you, but I'm also talking about me and I'm talking about anybody else who might have a similar experience.
0: Right. And as we're talking about this, it reminds me that even when that moment of that relationship passes, right, it Mm -hmm. still doesn't negate or raise the impact that person may have had in your life during that Mm -hmm. specific time. right? So I think usually when the relationship sours or ends or whatever, we're like, oh no, that never happened. But really understanding that it's a matter of things and people to come as will. in your life and being open to letting
1: go as well. I love that you said that don't try to erase the history or the past because it's a part of you. So with that being said for you, what do you feel like has been the biggest personal challenge that you needed to overcome in order to become who you are today?
0: Yeah, I definitely think it's all the mental, Mm -hmm. my belief about what I can actually accomplish in the world. I think externally, I get some comments from friends and family who are like, oh, well, you're doing so well and you're so courageous. But each and every day is a mental battle Mm -hmm. to get back on the field, to say I'm going to keep going at it because I know that there are easier paths that I could Mm -hmm. choose, right? So for me, the biggest challenge has been myself, what I tell myself about what I can do in this
1: world. How have you been able to enforce that narrative and make sure that it remains positive? Like, what are some of the things that you've been able to do to do that?
0: Yeah, so I haven't come up with like a great acronym or scheme for this, unless Mm -hmm. you have, but (laughs) (laughs) I think that the... You know, fundamental level for me, it's about getting into the ring every day, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just okay. about showing up. Mm-hmm. Some days I show up and it's my best. Some days I show up and I just can't get through it. And I take that as being enough, right? Mm-hmm. I'm giving myself grace when I need to, but also realizing that if I don't show up, nothing is going to happen.
1: Right. Yeah. We call it over here on Create Your Life. We call it being kind to yourself. I love and it. And allowing yourself to be human. Was there any point for you when you moved back to Ghana, you've accomplished a lot academically as a writer, right. as a public figure. Was there any point that you felt like giving up? When? Why? And (laughs) how did you actually even push past that point?
0: Yeah, totally. I haven't shared this story publicly, but there was a time when, like I said, a lot of my work actually in the Africa space has been really a labor of love, right? So there was Mm -hmm. a time when financially I was just in a rut Mm -hmm. in Ghana. It wasn't like I couldn't ask for help from family or friends. I've just always been really self-reliant. I don't Mm -hmm. like asking people for anything. And I remember driving in my car and literally Seen the tank get to E in mm-hmm. the middle of, like, let's say halfway point to my house. And Ghana's like, you can't leave your car just in the middle of the street. There's no AAA to call. Like, nothing is coming to save you. Right, right. <laughs> and just being at E and knowing that I didn't have a resort, right? So, like, I think we mentioned earlier that there's no credit system in Ghana. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, if you're out of cash, you're out of cash. And <laughs> Literally praying and seeing my... What is the signal on the gas? What is that?
1: That dial? I call it a dial, the ticker? I don't know what you call it. I don't know the right (laughs) name.
0: Right, right. So whatever it is, I just remember just climbing up, right? And like, people are like, oh, maybe that's in your mind, that's in your head. But that's been my encounter with God, like having nothing and Mm -hmm. seeing God come through and like taking me from it's not just literal right but Mm -hmm. the car situation but like so many other encounters during my time in Ghana whether it's like business opportunities falling through feeling like you're not developing at the rate that you want to develop etc so yeah that was a time when I felt like giving up I was like this can't be it like Mm -hmm. (laughs) what what got me through there was whatever spiritual encounter I had that day got me through that specific moment but it was also understanding that like it happened and it wasn't the end of the world so to Mm. speak right like perspective okay so you didn't have any money you didn't have any gas it wasn't the end of the world and the next day i had money right so like realizing what is momentary and fleeting versus Mm -hmm. what your actual purpose requires of you or or is going to demand of you i think Mm -hmm. is really key
1: Okay. So, right, so now we need to know, did you make it to the house? Like what happened? Did I you stop did. in the middle of the road? Like what, what was <laughs> going on? <laughs>
0: no, Kevin, like I'm saying, like literally the Dow went up. Like, it, Oh, it
1: went from empty to up.
0: Right. That's what I'm saying. I had a spiritual encounter, right? Like oh, okay. when in the Bible people are saying I met God and I got food, like that mm-hmm. was me on that day. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so the Dow literally climbed up. I got home. There was still gas in it in the morning. I just couldn't believe that that was what happened
1: to me that day. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. So question for you. What are some things that you wish you knew maybe before moving to Africa? I got to throw that in there. Moving back to Ghana before becoming an entrepreneur and an author and a public figure. Like, can you give us like three things that you wish you knew before all of these things that I just asked? Before oh doing.
0: man, you see, that was going to be my rapid fire question to you when we got I mean, to that. You can still ask okay, me, but
1: cool, don't be cool. telling me what the rapid fire questions are <laughs> for me. You can't do that. <laughs> I'm messing it up.
0: <laughs> okay, okay, and that's really good. I think the first thing is like, Really being keen on my financial well being, right? Like, we talk about, I think, for people who are in the social enterprise space, or mm-hmm. my dad likes to call me Save the World. Like, I'm always trying to solve some problem and like give to some community. And one of the things I wish I took into serious consideration or really planned through was how do you build a sustainable business or a sustainable lifestyle around the things that you care about? Mm. So, that would be one. The second thing I wish. I knew was I think I innately knew this but it became apparent throughout the journey that it's okay to pivot mm-hmm. and I think you can see that mm-hmm. it's okay to pivot as many times as you need to in business mm-hmm. pivot fast if you need to right and mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of people during this time have had to do some measure mm-hmm. of that then the third thing would be you honestly don't fail until you quit all of the yes. businesses I've seen go out of business it's not because there's a fundamental issue with whatever it is that you're mm-hmm. doing it's just that the founders or the team decided that this wasn't something that they wanted to continue to commit to. So Mm. this narrative about failed business and this and that, I think it kind of scares people or disempowers people from getting into the ring. And I really want people to know that it's not really no failure in this game. If you quit, you've learned something from it. I think it's still a win.
1: I'm loving what you're saying when you're saying getting into the ring. Like, I like that thing, right? You got to get up. You got to show up no matter if Goliath is in there, you know, a little tiny person, right? You just got to show up. (laughs) With that being said, we're talking about rings. What about friendship circles, right? Like, what does your peer group look like? Who's your team? Your clique? You know what I mean? That you're dependent on when you need that advice when the day might not be going that well like what does your squad look like
0: yeah you know that that's one area kevin i must say that i'm still working on so i have my like my home click that's people you grew up with childhood mm-hmm. friends but they're not in the space that i'm in in terms of some of the work that i'm doing right mm-hmm. to really be able to understand the nuances of perhaps some of the things that may be concerning to me. Mm -hmm. So when I think about like the day-to-day and people for perspective, I really rely on one or two friends who are also entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And literally, you know, I got a call on Monday and my friend was like, okay, you got to get back. Like there's no other choice, right? You got to keep going, you know. (laughs) You just got to keep at it. So when I think about, Friendships as it relates to the work that I'm doing. Like it becomes smaller. When people say your circle becomes smaller, not mm-hmm. necessarily in your personal life. I have lots of great friends, but in terms of people who you can turn to without having to explain some of the emotional turmoil that comes with mm-hmm. this journey, that becomes fewer because there are not as many people walking in that same path.
1: Right. Yeah. Love that. So this is a question that I love to ask because I feel like it gives so much insight to someone else. Yeah. If you weren't doing what you're doing right now what would you yeah. be doing? Like, is there like a career or a hobby or anything that you've always wanted to pursue that you didn't?
0: Yeah, totally. I always wanted to go, there are two things I wanted to do that I haven't done yet. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to go into space travel. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm going to touch it in some capacity. I've always been fascinated by like the external world outside of our own. Mm-hmm. I would love to go to Mars. So like when the talk about, you know, Mars comes up, mm-hmm. I'm like super excited for civilians to be able to do these exploration trips. Okay. So, definitely being in space business space travel in some capacity i want to do and i think i'm going to touch and then being in science like chemistry i've always had a fascination for understanding disease so i think if i wasn't pursuing entrepreneurship and business i'll probably be in the lab somewhere trying to like put things together and solve a problem and cure a disease or you know corona you're
1: gonna you cure know, <laughs> you gonna cure corona. Come on, you know sometimes i'm
0: you. like damn i could be so useful right now if i stuck with <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) chemistry but yeah that's what it
1: is well this next question i gotta ask for personal reasons you know would you advise someone to become an expat to africa like ghana kenya wherever during this pandemic time or would it be smarter to kind of stay where you are familiar (laughs) or in your home country
0: Well, that's not fair. Obviously, I can't tell people to go during the, this pandemic time. I just feel like it may be irresponsible, given like what globally we're trying, the World Health Organization is mm-hmm. saying. But what I will say is this, right? So Ghana just got the stamp of approval for safe travel mm-hmm. from a global body. I forget the name of it. I think it's the world tourism industry or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I know our borders may be opening soon. I think people should definitely take the opportunity to go sooner mm-hmm. if they can Mm -hmm. why not i wouldn't say be an expat there but i think a trip would not hurt Mm -hmm. why do i say being an expat may not be the best because i know that the economic situation is not completely what we thought it was going to be in 2020 Mm -hmm. so the last few years ghana has been among the fastest growing economies in the world Mm -hmm. the recent numbers that came out our projected i think gdp January was like around five or six percent. Now it's at zero point three. Oh wow! Yeah, like it's had a huge economic impact mm-hmm. because oil money is not coming in, extractives are not coming in, so. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for business opportunities or if perhaps like you're looking for, I don't know, if you're not going for like a personal trip or a touristy trip and you're looking to like lay down a foundation for like long term living, I think it may be strategic to think about what's going on in the ecosystem as a whole as it relates to like the economy.
1: What about if you're a digital nomad?
0: Oh yeah. Oh, I didn't even consider that. I would say for Ghana in particular, again, I can't speak for the whole continent, but I think mm-hmm. for Ghana, being a digital nomad there could be interesting because I think it affords right like this arbitrage of like money right because if you're making dollars that's way worth way more than the C D so you're going to be living good compared to like the average Ghanaian but there are some challenges infrastructure challenges like we said the cost of internet are you going to have consistent internet are you going to have consistent electricity consistent water some of the little conveniences we take for granted may not make Ghana the best destination for a digital on nomad at this time, but I think you could work it out. If you had enough money, you could find the poshest hotel to like set up shop and get your work done and live a good life, but you have to have the money to kind of afford that lifestyle.
1: Wow. Create your life family. I hope that you are really enjoying this episode. I wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsors and let you know that our sponsors are giving special offers just for you. If you are a fellow busy podcaster who just wants to record and spend the rest of your time doing what you love, like working out at the gym with family and friends or traveling, use code CYLS for a discount on services when you go to podcastlaundry.com or call 347-871-8273 to schedule your consultation. That's podcastlaundry.com or 347-871-8273. And without further ado, let's get back to the show. Bridget, we've reached a point in the interview where uh, it's about to get real.
0: Yeah, I'm nervous. (laughs) Don't be. It's fun. So
1: we've reached a point in the interview where it's time for us to jump into the dolphin tank. Awesome. And so this is rapid fire questions coming right at you. Top of the head. I haven't shown you these questions, so you're just going to have to jump right in. And so my question to you is, are you ready? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Okay, here we go. (laughs) What are your goal setting methods and how do you make sure that you're growing each year?
0: I do it monthly and then I do it daily. Sometimes, some years I do it yearly. So when I think about my goal setting methods, it's really, I try to get to the minutiae, the detail. What am I doing by the hour for my day? So I don't have, again, like I'm trying to be like you get an acronym to condense all of these thoughts and processes. I don't have a good acronym or process for it, but I think it's worth looking at the detail and then you kind of expand out. I don't start from the top and then kind of go inside.
1: Okay. Yeah. Most challenging moment and how did you overcome it?
0: Yeah, I would say my car moment. I can't okay. let that go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. What was holding you back from creating your best life?
0: Mm, me and my limited self-beliefs about what I could do in the world.
1: Okay. Top tech that you're using to make your business run smoothly?
0: <sighs> that's a good question. What's up? Because I'm working with my Ghanaian team, so I need to be on WhatsApp 24-7.
1: Got you. Favorite quote or motto that you live by?
0: I'm living my best life.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> no, that's not it. I'm kidding, Kevin. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. I guess I don't have it in a quote form, but Do What Scares You would probably mm. be it.
1: Favorite or most impactful book that you've read? Uh,
0: Our Work Week by Tim Ferris for right now. Have you, you read d- it?
1: Of course. I read yeah. it that years ago. It's I'm a, just getting
0: to it now. So I think it's good. It's not my favorite book of all time. So don't quote me on that one.
1: Well, what's your favorite book of all time
0: then? Anything. Tony Morrison, Chinua Ray. I've read a lot of Black literature, so I love a lot of the Black authors that I've read. But I've read every single book by Toni Morrison and Chinua Achebe, so...
1: Any one in particular?
0: (sighs) Okay, let me just say Chinua Achebe, Arrow of God.
1: Three jewels that you would tell someone looking to create their best life?
0: Ah, this is good. (laughs) Do the hard stuff. Mm-hmm. would be one believe in yourself I think it sounds simple but it's really a hard thing to do and get down to like the core of who you are that may mean like a spiritual journey mean a geographic journey to the continent if you're a black person looking to connect with Africa like yes. heaven
1: <laughs> yeah that's why I left uh-huh.
0: I think those three things will fundamentally change how you program and think about your contribution to this world
1: got you okay and what was the last song that you listened to in your playlist Oh, <laughs> you got to be honest oh. too. You got to be honest. <laughs> if it was Meg the Stallion, you know right. you got to go gonna ahead say, and say. It.
0: Oh my God! Back that ass up! No, I'm lying. <laughs> 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 no, no. Literally, I've been listening to Burna Boy's album on repeat. So okay. he has a song called "Time Flies" mm-hmm. with Salty Soul, and I just love that song.
1: Okay, love it, love yeah. it. What's next for you?
0: More business.
1: What kind of yeah. business? You got to give us some specifics, yeah. sister. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm really trying to build a media empire with what we're doing at Africans on China. So Mm -hmm. I think the the next big thing for me will be in that space, that space and in the data space. So look out for some good stuff in that area.
1: Actually, I really appreciate when you gather your data pieces and then you post them. Like I literally I read them. So I appreciate you for that. So. Lastly, but not least, how can we keep in contact with you?
0: Yeah, thanks so much. So, you know, if you've enjoyed learning about any of this stuff, talking about any of this stuff, I can be found at BwachiBee.com. A lot of my work there is about connecting Africa and diaspora. I also talk a lot on Instagram. You know, I always got something to say every day <laughs> as it relates to this work. So I can be found on Instagram by the same name, BwachiBee, and the same thing with Twitter, BwachiBee as well.
1: Can you spell it for us?
0: Yes, B-O-A-K-Y-E-B.
1: All right, so we have reached a part in the interview Dun, da, da, da. <laughs> that is called The Turnaround. And right. what this is, is you get to ask me any three questions that you want. I have right. to answer, totally unscripted. And right. I just have one request. Yes. Please be gentle. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What? Okay, okay, okay. I'm so ready for this. You've done so much, so much stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm never ready for this part.
0: <laughs> no, you've done such incredible work. I mean, I don't know your personal life, so I can't go that deep. On the basis of what I know of your work, I'm really curious about why you closed down Debt Free College Academy.
1: Mm. Debt Free College Academy was a passion project, and it was something that was an expense for me. And I would say that I didn't do enough customer discovery because the pain point that people were willing to take heed on about student loan debt was once they had it versus being preventative. So I found that out the hard way. Like I literally went out, built the product and then tried to sell a product versus Mm. interviewing the customer, doing customer discovery, you know, trying it out on the customer in order to see the price points and things like that. And also I think it wasn't something that I was necessarily passionate about. It was something that I knew was necessary. Mm. And I think it was ahead of its time because I wrote that book probably in 2011, 2012 Mm. because I graduated college for free And I just figured that out myself. I kind of like stumbled into college and was like, I'm not taking out any loan. So I literally kind of pieced together a death college experience. But what I was finding was is that a lot of people would rather have a new iPhone than invest in a $15 book that had $10 million worth of scholarships in it, or invest in a program for a couple hundred dollars that could literally save them hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. And... It was just unfortunate because I was really trying to serve our community with the product, right? And it just something that I ended up having to put down. So those challenges mixed with the fact that I wasn't extremely passionate about it kind of caused me to shut it down. So it's something that I would love. And now I'm in a better financial space, so I could probably reopen it, but I wouldn't want to go back and redo the information. Right. So it was just one of those things that I think was probably ahead of his time as well. Thanks
0: for sharing that. Mm -hmm. that. That kind of leads me into my next question. Then what do you know now, let's say being in your mid 30s that you didn't know in your 20s? I'm assuming you started, let's say, your entrepreneurship journey in your 20s or am I mistaken?
1: No, I started my entrepreneurship journey probably as a teenager. I was selling pencils in second grade. Right. So what do I wish I knew now? I wish I understood legacy on another level. I think that that's really what my trip to Africa taught me, like one of the most important Mm -hmm. things and to really understand finance on a sustainable level. And just within this last year, I gained a huge shift in perspective about life, about legacy, about Mm -hmm. financial well-being and health and then also that connection to the diaspora. I felt like, you know, like I'm from California. California is pretty diverse at the same time, segregated, but everything's like cool. But I didn't understand. I mean, I understood what it was to be a black man and my responsibility as a black man, but I didn't know how deep the roots are. Mm. Right. And so it's not that I just discovered it now. You know what I mean? In my 30s, Mm. as much as it's I'm living by it as rule of law. To an extent. I feel like that's an irresponsible statement even saying it in that vein. But what does that mean? Right. I've always thought about legacy and I've always wanted to contribute in a positive manner. Hence why I was promoting and even pushing that book for years. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. And trying to help and save people Mm. to my own dismay. Right? And being at these college fairs and things like that, literally just like, look, you need to have this book. Like, this is going to help you. So I've always understood that, but what, I don't know. I guess I don't necessarily, I'm trying to think of a real answer to that question. It's a good question. What do I wish I knew? I think I just wish I understood finance and legacy better because I would have been able to put myself in a better position in order to Mm -hmm. contribute to others. And I think Mm -hmm. that right now, kind of like really on a mission to make some major changes so that those who come behind me are in a better space right and never have to see the likes of anything that i remotely came up in so that would be my answer
0: I wanna dig deeper into the legacy piece, okay. but I will fold that into my third question. You can dig into it. <laughs> I guess I'm trying to understand so in that sense, right, what mm-hmm. do next steps look like for you? What are you trying to achieve in the next five years?
1: Well, in the next five years, I'll have a family. I'll be married. The businesses that I'm working in will have really grown in capacity and to higher heights and my collaborations will have increased to give a wider span of influence, but also a, yeah, a greater circle of influence, but also just being surrounded by amazing people, genuine, amazing people. Like I've been surrounded by many people before and I know a lot of people, but not a lot of people oh. I would call and be like, yo man, I'm having a rough day, right? Kind of like how you describe. Right. So even in this, as you climb to these other levels and things like that, making sure that you stay grounded, um, I think is important and seeing more of the world and especially seeing more Africa right, and understanding more of other people's cultures and ways of being, I think is just, for me, it's fascinating to learn Mm -hmm. of other people's cultures, the way that they do things, why they do things and to like Mm -hmm. really, really go deep because there's so much to learn. And I remember having a few mentors who were like encyclopedias, like they just know all of this Mm random stuff. And I think that that's something that I really attach to. Mm -hmm. And so even now, like (laughs) I know like all of this random information that literally does not matter, right? Like I was talking to my friend Mm -hmm. yesterday and she said that they did a baby shower. And I said, did you guys do any kind of trivia? She's like, no, we didn't really do any trivia. And I was like, well, here's a random fact for you did you know <laughs> did you know that a baby up until the point of their six months can breathe and swallow at the same time
0: I didn't know that yeah, nobody knows <laughs> it's so
1: useless but <laughs> I used to work on like this project what was it like the national it was some project around like children uh... And there was a baby shower there once and they did trivia. And so like this fact was so interesting (laughs) to me because then I tried to go and swallow and like breathe at the same time. Absolutely impossible. But I just never forget it. It's so random. (laughs) (laughs) And then I know like all of these other things like about history and the history of the different countries and stuff like that. And so a lot of this stuff, the curiosity and stuff like that sparks from having conversations with people who have different walks of life and different experiences. And then when you ask them more questions about their perspective and why things may be done, then you just learn so much. And then Mm -hmm. you're just kind of like, oh, well, you know, I did that and I did this. And then, you know, trying stuff, right? Like I had this teacher in high school, Mr. McNally. I swear, if you ask Mr. McNally anything, either he or his brother did it. And McNally McNally was so cool. But McNally was like, I didn't think he lied about what he said that he did. He was just like... Just one of these guys who was just like, hey, man, he tried all of this stuff. Like he used Mm. to box and then he would go like water rafting and all this stuff. He just like, yo, this dude is dope. Then we had like Mr. Labrie. So I learned a lot from teachers and stuff like that. But just asking questions and being in observation of other people and their greatness. Right. Right. And so it's just curiosity. (laughs)
0: Love it. I feel like all of these random facts will make you an interesting father for your kids. They'll be like, oh, my God. Like, just like you're saying your teachers are cool. They're going to feel the same way about you.
1: Yeah, well, I'm hoping in praise. I remember my mentor, Miss Wilson, her husband. I remember I watched 300 and I was so excited about that movie. And he literally was like, Oh, you like that movie? And I was like, Yeah, it was so cool. And they did this and they did that. And then he's like, Go get the encyclopedia. I was like, Oh. And at this point, I didn't like to read, right? I'm like, Right. And so he was like, Open it up. And look up the Battle of 300. And it was mm. basically like debunked the movie, <laughs> so the movie was mm. not accurate. The timeline wasn't accurate, or mm. something like that. I can't remember exactly what the details were, but he knew the story of the Battle of 300 by heart, and was like, mm. oh. And then he had dialogue, and then I had this other teacher, this black dude, Mr. Henley, rest in peace. This dude could recite the freaking history book that we was reading. You know, and so, like, he's the reason why I love history. Like, it's my favorite subject. So it was just that curiosity, man. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you. I mean, I
0: think you can't lose with that. Mm-hmm. I definitely think you can't lose with that. All of the successful people I've read about, I've seen, are insanely curious about the world. So I think that's the key to it all. Like being open to continuously learning mm-hmm. both about who you are and about the world is so important.
1: Oh, man. See, that's the part that I think is so important. What you just said is learning about who you are, right? When I came back from Africa, I was trying to figure out what did I learn? How did things have I shifted? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In this last, where are we at now? Probably 16 months? Nope, Mm. 14 months. I learned and saw myself looking in the mirror and I had to shift who I was as a person, right? So Mm. it's not just learning who you are, it's also evolving, right? Like being in an eternal state of evolution, like who you are today, you shouldn't be the same person three months from now, six Mm. months from now, right? Like you always have to learn, you always have to grow and admit when you're wrong, own it, move on from it as painful as that may be because you know sometimes it's hard to forgive yourself. But I think that if you can do that, then I think that you have a good shot at like really maximizing your potential and the results that you get. And even in the relationships that you are blessed to be a part of. And I mean that from a friendship, a familial and also from a romantic standpoint. Right. And, but I think one of the biggest keys, even with that is also understanding when you're talking to people who are limited. Mm -hmm. Right. And then, accepting it and them where they are, that they might be stuck on something at the moment. Mm. And I had that conversation yesterday with someone and, you know, they essentially had a timeline inaccurate of a conversation. And so it became a point of, is it even worth disputing this? Mm. Right. And so mm. those small things of needing to be right and things like that, they really mm. play a part in who you are. I just kind of start thinking about the art of war. Right. And just the ways right. to maneuver. Right. And just pick right. your battles. Right. Yeah, I can right. go on and on about this, but, you know.
0: <laughs> Motivational speaker, Les Brown. Let's get it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. It's, it's truly in you. I can see that. But yeah, those are my three questions. I It's given me an opportunity to get to know you better and kind of see what to expect from you next. I think it's going to be big and bad and full of joy. And that, for me, is so important as well. As I read, like, Tim Ferriss' book, it's like, okay, you can get the wealth, you can get the businesses, but mm-hmm. it's it really aligned with who you are and the sense of the life that you want to create and the happiness that you want to have none of it matters if you're not really aligned or happy with the life that you're living so
1: yeah and nah. that's what i
0: hear from you so that's really nah, i'm excited h-
1: health wealth and wisdom but also happiness right right not right. nah, for real bridget thank you so much for <laughs> no problem being guest on the you show. and
0: i i can tell we can talk forever like yeah. we really can <laughs>
1: <laughs> most definitely Create Your Life family, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star review and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast and share it with everyone you know. Please email all questions, suggestions, and compliments to info at CYLSeries.com. The Create Your Life series is executive produced by me, Kevin Y. Brown, and produced by the Podcast Laundry Production Company. Until next time, create your life and feed your ambition. This episode was brought to you by PodcastLaundry.com. I love Podcast Laundry. It provides a real solution to free up my time. And time is the only resource that we cannot get back. Podcast Laundry was created with love to help other fellow busy podcasters free up time so that they could do more of what they love, whether that's traveling, time with friends and family, or working on other ventures. If you want to free up your time, then have Podcast Laundry do the dirty work of note-taking, graphic creation, editing, show tagging, and uploading for you. Go to PodcastLaundry.com or call 347 878 Seven one eight two seven three 8273 to schedule your consultation and remember to use code CYLS. That's podcastlaundry.com or call 347-871-8273.